As Pastor Eric mentioned, this morning we have a challenging topic, an interesting topic, a topic that we don't always talk about um, here in church. And our reading today, because we want to base this in Scripture and then see what Jesus, see what God is saying to us through Scripture, our Scripture reading comes from Matthew 5 verse 27 to 30. And if you have a Bible here, I'd, um, I'd encourage you to open that and, and look at that. If you're at home, I encourage you to grab a Bible and see where this comes. Because this passage is in the context of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And whether or not you agree that all of these things were said at one point, or whether Jesus was actually sitting on a mountain, what we need to understand is Jesus had the crowds around him and gathered his disciples to him. So it wasn't the whole crowds there, it was Jesus' disciples around him, and Jesus talked about adultery and sex and sexual desire. And I point that out because I think sometimes the church has got this backwards. Sometimes we want to say, here is all the sexual standards and what you need to do and what you can't do, and now come follow Jesus. But what Jesus is saying is, you who have chosen to follow me, my disciples who are gathered here, I'm going to teach you what it looks like to live in relationship and live in the kingdom. I think we need to take note of that as we hear what Jesus says here. And so Jesus says to the disciples gathered around him, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And then this, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. This is the word of the Lord. And this word of the Lord leads us to another message about relationship. A message that's part of our journey through beautiful, messy relationships. A message or a series that started this year with us wanting to look at what does it mean to live together as people of a kingdom? What does it mean to live together in relationship with each other? And so Pastor Eric and I talked about residual relationships, that any conversation about relationship needs to start with our relationship with Jesus and Jesus' relationship with us, and then that influences the rest of the relationships. In the last two weeks, Pastor Eric has talked about our beautiful, messy families, relationships that can be beautiful but are also broken. And last week, the difficult topic of abuse and anger and how that affects relationship as well. And today we talk about adultery and sexual desire, a topic that we don't always talk about, that we don't always hear about. And so we're going to start right from the beginning of what we're looking at with this, see what Jesus believes about sex and sexual desire, and then talk about what he is saying here in this Sermon on the Mount. And so the first thing I put behind me or on the bottom of your screens if you're at home is the problem with sex. And I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek because there is no problem with sex. Sex is not, and sexual desire is not the enemy here. Jesus is not saying, this is the problem, don't do this, because sex was created beautiful. 
It's good. And often the church has been the one to get this wrong, and Christians have been the ones to get it wrong because it's not what we want to talk about. We say that, that sex has its place, and it's, it's not here. Sex is either dirty or hidden or secret, or we don't bring it out in the light. And that's wrong, because if we're going to look at what Jesus says about sex and sexual desire, he would say the opposite. That sex is not to be hidden and not talked about. Sex is to be celebrated, and it's part of how we were made and who we were created to be. In preparation for this sermon, I listened to lots of different things and read lots of different things. And one of the people I listened to, his name is Tim Mackey, and he produces a podcast called Exploring My Strange Bible. And Pastor Eric always talks about Bema, and so Bema gets a lot of um, a lot of airtime and. I like Bema and what they have to say, and I would encourage you, if you're following along with what Bema has to say on different topics, also check out Tim Mackey and Exploring My Strange Bible, a very good and interesting and similar take on a lot of things and someone who I have learned from greatly as I continue to study. But Tim Mackey says, if we want to hear what Jesus is saying about adultery and sex and sexual desire, then we need to understand Jesus as a teacher and what he thinks of this topic. And Jesus, when he thinks about sex or sexual desire, will go right to the beginning of his Bible, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible as we have it. And that is where Jesus is going to get his information, his teaching about how we are to think of sex and sexual desire and each other. And Jesus would look at creation. Creation in which God made man and woman in God's image. God creating man and women from each other and for each other. Jesus would have the image of two humans standing naked in the garden. And God saying, I have made you for each other. And part of what that means is that your bodies are designed for each other as well. And Jesus would understand that sex and that intimacy is part of our humanity. Because God told man and woman, you are created to be one. And in that unity, there's pleasure. There's intimacy. And new life is created. Jesus would understand our sexual desires and how we are made is integral to who we are and who we have been created to be but it's only integral, it's only important, it's only valuable when it's done in the right environment. And so Jesus would see that unity, that covenant that is being made, that covenant commitment between a man and a woman, that covenant commitment that is so important. Because Jesus, as we go on to talk about this in a minute, Jesus isn't saying not committing adultery is just about a whole bunch of do nots, do not, do not. But Jesus is saying, this is so important that you need to do this in the right way. And so Jesus talks about covenant. And that covenant commitment between a man and a woman that includes sex and sexual desire. And that covenant that is so important that it is used as the model even of what the relationship between God and his people is. And throughout the New Testament, a model of what Jesus and the church is. 
Jesus says if we're going to talk about adultery and if we're going to talk about sex and sexual desire, we need to understand the importance of this bond and the importance of relationship as it is created. And Tim Mackey says, when done in the right environment, this commitment, this act isn't just about vows. It's not about papers that are signed. It's a unifying and binding of the heart and mind and body with the potential to create new life. This is covenant material. This isn't just about sex. This isn't just about don't do this. This is about who we are created to be. And Jesus says, because of this, with all these people around, we're going to talk about this now because this is important. Because Jesus would see that anything breaking that covenant, anything distorting what that is supposed to be, is a distortion of what it means to be human. And so Jesus says, sex is good. It's important. Let's do this right. And so we move on. We move on to what does Jesus say about it then? Keeping in mind that sex is not bad, that it is important, but that the context is everything. And so Jesus starts as a rabbi would, a rabbi with authority that Pastor Eric talked about last week. And Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. And we would say, Jesus, that's a pretty good place to, to start. Jesus puts us all on the same page because everyone listening and us here have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. And that's referencing Exodus 20, verse 14, which I looked up just to verify, and it says right there, you shall not commit adultery. So Jesus knew his Bible. Jesus knew his commandments, and he knew the people around him knew that commandment too. And he knew it was important. In fact, if you broke this commandment, the seventh commandment, the only punishment for it was death. And whether or not you agree with a death penalty, you need to agree that this was important, that this was serious, that the people understood that this was not okay within their own kingdom. And Jesus is going on to say, this is not right within my kingdom, and we're going to expand that, reflect on that a little. And there's a bunch of you today here who are a little younger, then I probably started to think about some of these things. And there's some of you who might say, hey, Pastor Peter, I don't know if this topic pertains to me. This isn't what I think about. I've never done this kind of thing. I, I don't know why we're looking at this. And I don't want to shy away from talking about sex and sexual desire because I think Jesus names it and we need to name it too. But I want to show, and I've put 15 and 17 and 3 to 4 behind Exodus here, because this commandment isn't only about the seventh commandment. If you start to explore a little, the eighth commandment is do not steal. And when we talk about adultery, usually we talk about taking someone else's husband or taking someone else's wife. And you can read the story of David and Bathsheba, and that's exactly what happened. This seventh commandment, also has implications in the do not steal. And so when we look at the heart, we're looking at that commandment too. And it also encompasses the 10th commandment of do not covet, of desiring something that is not yours. And so if you want to say, hey, I don't know if the sex and sexual desire talk is what I need to hear today, I would challenge you that maybe we still need to listen to that. But I would also challenge you to say, well, then look at stealing. 
and look at coveting and look at the heart issues connected to all of that. And if that's not enough, adultery and that commandment is very closely associated with the first and second commandment too, of not having other gods ahead of God and about creating idols in God's image. All throughout the Old Testament, when the people of Israel went after other gods, it's referred to as an adulterous nation. And God talks about committing adultery with other gods. This is very much about sex and sexual desire, but it's also much more inclusive than just that. And Jesus, as a rabbi with authority, says, you have heard it said, and I'm not going to change that because that's right and that's good and that encompasses so much. But Jesus does more than just say, hey, you're doing this right if you don't get into bed with someone else. Jesus says there's more going on. And Jesus moves to the fulfilling of the law. And sometimes when we hear about fulfillment of the law, we may have heard or been taught or thought that Jesus is changing things and making new laws. He's not. Or that Jesus is expanding a law. He's not. Or Jesus is making it more radical or more difficult. He's not. Jesus, in fulfilling the law, is saying this is how it has meant to be interpreted all along. It's not just about some outward act. It's about your heart. And so Jesus says, you have heard that it was said this, and that's important. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And while there's gendered language here, I would like to say that anyone who looks at anyone lustfully has already committed adultery in their heart. We don't need to limit it to just one gender. Even if throughout history, I think how it's written here is how we see it predominantly, but this includes everyone. And so Jesus says, it's good to not get into bed with someone else's husband or wife, or let's get rid of loopholes. It's good to not get into bed with someone who isn't your husband or your wife. Single people are included in this as well. Jesus says it's about the heart. It's not just about the act. It's really hard to just randomly end up in someone's bed where you're not supposed to be. But Jesus says there's steps that get you there. And if you're not listening to the sex and sexual desire part of this and you're thinking about stealing, it's not just randomly you end up grabbing something from a store. It's something that gets you there. And so Jesus says that your heart is involved. It's about the heart. And Jesus' kingdom isn't just about the outward actions, although Jesus wants some of those things to change too. Jesus says that my kingdom is about changing your insides. And so Jesus says, let's look at your heart. And before we do that, or as we do that, we need to look at the intent of a look. In Jesus' example here, he says, anyone who looks at someone else lustfully has already committed adultery in their heart. And we know about looking lustfully. We may have heard or been involved with or seen or read or learned about the pornography industry. A billion or multi-billion dollar industry that has taken hold in our culture. And while Jesus, obviously there was problems in Jesus' time about people looking at each other with lust, that problem has just continued to grow. And we see an industry that is so rampant with abuse, with trafficking, with addiction, 
with changing how people are wired fundamentally and the damage it's done. But maybe some of you haven't had that experience, haven't had that addiction, haven't had that struggle. And Jesus doesn't limit it just to pornography. I would say Jesus would include the books that we read. Jesus would include the Instagram feeds that we might scroll through, the TikTok videos that we watch. If you don't know what TikTok is, maybe the YouTube videos we might watch. It might be the commercials that we see on TV. It might be the pictures of a friend's vacation off in wherever. Jesus is saying it's not just this intentional pornography industry. It's not just this intentional getting into bed with someone who isn't your covenant partner. Jesus is saying it's about a look that is inappropriate, a look that is about your heart. And before we misunderstand this, this look, I think it's important to see the English definition of look has so many different things. There's glances, there's noticing, there's stares. There, and Jesus is not saying it's the glance or the noticing that is an issue. If Jesus understands that sex and sexual desire is good and it's how we're wired and it's part of our humanity, Jesus isn't saying don't notice these things. We're wired to notice each other. We're wired to notice and appreciate the things that God has said, this is very good. That's part of who we are. But what Jesus says with the intent of a look is the English word probably stare. And stare for a purpose. Jesus is talking about intent here. Jesus is saying that it's about how we look at someone. It's about how we read things. It's about how or the purpose of cuddling with a significant other during a movie. It's not just that those things are wrong. Jesus talks about intent. And Jesus says when your intent is to fuel sexual desire, when your intent is using someone, when you start looking at someone and says, your purpose and your value for me is your body parts or how you make me feel or what, what you do for me. Or if we're looking at stealing or coveting, when you're looking at something and you're saying, hey, I want that because that's going to make me feel good even if it's mine, that, or not mine, that is what Jesus is talking about here. Jesus says it's not just the action, it's not just what happens as a result, it's the steps of your heart that get you there. Jesus says, in my kingdom, there is not room for those things in the heart. And so we hear what Jesus says. This is not about cutting things out of life. It's not about no sex. This is bad. It's about where is your heart at? Where is your heart within a covenant commitment in relationship with other people? Not in a using them for what it does for you, but how do you do this in relationship? But then Jesus does go and talk about cutting things out. And Pastor Eric said last week that I was going to explain this. I talked to him this week about promising things you can't uh, commit to. But I'm going to try to talk a little bit about the legalism here. A little bit about what Jesus says, because Jesus goes on to say, this is a matter of the heart. And then Jesus says, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. And I want to say, wait a minute, Jesus, you're contradicting yourself. You're not making sense. 
You just said that this was an issue of my heart, but now you're saying cut off my hand. And something doesn't add up here. Yes, cutting off my hand would be a legalistic respond. I did something bad with this hand, cut it off. I can't do something bad with it anymore. The problem with it is I still have this hand. And yeah, I can cut that off, and I can gouge out my one eye. Great, so that eye won't sin anymore. And I can gouge out my other eye, but if I ask you all to close your eyes for a second and imagine a beach with waves and seagulls, you didn't need your eyes to do that. Gouging out your eyes is not going to fix a problem of the heart. And so Jesus can't be saying that this is the solution. But Jesus is saying that this is important. I don't know if you've read other things that Jesus has said, but Jesus likes to grab people's attention. And so Jesus says, cut off your hands and your eyes if they're causing you to sin. And Jesus means this is serious. But Jesus doesn't actually mean go cut off your hands and your eyes because Jesus just finished saying that's not the problem, your heart is. And we may have heard interpretations, and, and this one's an easy one to connect, so I'm not going to stay here long, that Jesus is saying even if something feels important and feels essential in your life, if it's causing you to stumble, cut it out. And I would agree. If your cell phones, if your Instagram accounts, if your Facebook accounts, if certain people in your life are unhealthy things for you, then you need to take a step back from those things. And that can be a very good, um, very good connotation to make here with what Jesus is saying. But I think there's more than that as well. Because Jesus is talking about responsibility in this also. Jesus is saying here that if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. I've heard a lot of people give excuses of, oh, this person caused me to stumble, or this commercial, or this show, or what she was wearing, or what he looked like. And Jesus is saying, no. Jesus is saying, your hand is causing you to stumble. Your eyes are causing you to stumble. Jesus says, take responsibility for the stuff that is happening in your heart and deal with it. And I think there's another thing that happens in this cutting off of the hands and the gouging out of the eyes. And for me, I'm not going to say this is exactly what Jesus is saying. This is me wondering. Because when we talk about sex and sexual desire, when we talk about pornography, when we talk about those hidden relationships, they're just that. They're hidden. That look that Jesus talks about, that lust for someone, happens in someone's head. Others might not even be aware that it's happening. But if Jesus tells you to cut off your hand, suddenly people are aware something's going on. If I have this hidden struggle and next week I come to church missing a hand, you are going to notice. And I'd hope you'd probably ask me about it. And suddenly something that is hidden, something that is done in private, is not hidden anymore. And I wonder as we think about relationships and we think about sex and pornography and sexual desires and the hidden things and issues of the heart, I wonder if Jesus is saying, hey, bring some of that out into the open. Talk about it. Invite other people into it. And I'll say this morning, because I can say this alongside a lot of you and alongside a lot of other pastors, a struggle with pornography, and as Jesus would say, a struggle with adultery then, has been a part of my life. 
And it wasn't until I brought that into the open, it wasn't until I talked with people about that, it wasn't until I sought relationship, appropriate relationship with others in my life, that some of that could be set to the side and I could start to change the heart and walk towards something better. And I say that because if we're going to talk about those things, if we're going to bring them up, it needs to start here. And it needs to start somewhere. And for me, it wasn't the cutting off of a hand, but it was cutting off some of my pride. It was cutting off some of my shame and some of my guilt and saying, I don't need that as part of my life. Welcome in so-and-so. Help me with this. Let's do this in relationship. And if, those are, if that's you, if there are hidden things in your heart that right now shame or guilt or pride are holding there, I invite you to cut those things off and talk to someone. And if it's Pastor Eric or myself, talk to someone. Because when we talk about relationship, we talk about sex and sexual desire and some of the hidden things, Jesus is saying it's about the heart. But Jesus has showed us how to live in covenant commitment with each other in working through what some of these things look like. And Jesus also says it's not just about cutting things out. It's about what you put in. My mom had this saying that's on the screen behind me or the bottom of your screen at home, and maybe several others of you moms have this saying too, the garbage in, garbage out. The stuff that you're taking in, the stuff that you're putting in, starts to affect who you are and how your heart is. And I don't know about you, but I can cut out one thing, and if I just cut it out, something else is going to take its space. And so I can cut out eating chocolate. I can't actually cut it out. I'm working on it. But I can cut out eating chocolate, and then I might just start eating candy. And I can cut out eating candy, and I might just start drinking a lot of pop. And so just cutting things out isn't the answer. It's what are you putting in you? And so Jesus says, cutting off your hands and your arms and your eyes is not the answer. What are you going to put in? And I think one of those things that we can put in is relationship, is commitment, is the talking about different things that are hard with each other. Two suggestions I read is action and thoughts. If you struggle with how you relate to others sexually, if you st struggle with how you look at people, if you struggle with the jokes that you tell, with the things that you read, with the shows that you watch, one is invite people into that and share your thoughts with them. Another is do different things. If you struggle because you're doing this or often boredom and stress lead to some of these things, then find other habits. Find other things to do. Fill your lives with other things, Jesus says. Because this just isn't about the action. It's about your heart. And we end looking at ethics of the kingdom. Because Pastor Eric and I have stood up here Sunday after Sunday and said, it's not just about not doing things. When Jesus is asked what's the most important thing in your kingdom, Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. It's a matter of the heart. And Jesus says, love your neighbor in that same way. It's a matter of the heart. And so when we look at the kingdom, the kingdom is not about cutting all these things out of your life. The kingdom is loving God with all your heart, loving others as yourself so other things have no room in your life. And I want to finish looking at 1 Corinthians 13, 
4 to 7. Something that's familiar. Something that I think captures what is happening here. And on the screen, I shortened it a little to, to all the little relevant parts of what Jesus is saying with adultery. But I want to read it to you now. Because Jesus says, do not commit adultery. Jesus says, do not end up in this situation with someone. But Jesus says, this is about your heart, and this is what your heart needs to look like in relationship with each other. Love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy what other people have. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. Love does not dishonor others or use them. Love is not self-seeking and what can I gain from others. Love isn't easily angered. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love protects. Love trusts, love hopes, love perseveres. And Jesus says, it's about your heart. It's about love. It's about a covenant. It's about community. Jesus says, bring these hidden things out. And in doing so, learn to love as I have loved you and learn to love others in that same way. It's about your heart. Where is your heart at? Not just the actions you do, but where is your heart? Because Jesus wants that heart to be fully focused on being his disciple. Amen. Please join me in prayer. Jesus, this is a tough topic. It's tough because it hits all of us in different ways. For some of us, this may have not been a struggle. For others of us, this might be a struggle we wrestle with. Others of us have been on the other end of this where we have been ruined and scarred by sexual abuse or adultery by others in our lives. And Lord, you say that this is not part of your kingdom. And so Lord, as we seek to follow you in your kingdom, please change our hearts. Please start with our hearts in such a way that our actions follow. And Lord, as we cut out the things that need to be cut out, help us to open our hearts to the things that we need there as well. And so, Lord, help us to close our eyes to the things we need to close them to. But then open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, to see you. Open the eyes of our hearts to see covenant, relationship, how you have taught it. Open the eyes of our hearts to see other humans made in your image. Forgive us for where we go wrong. And help us to continue to learn to follow you more closely. In your name we pray. Amen.